Renew your mind. I love having coffee with my pasta. It's just so personal. Be encouraged. This is my favorite program. Pastor Kong is just so real. Hot seats, hot seats. Nourished in the word. The question and answers are spot on. Pastor Kong, we love you. This is the best. Something new is brewing. Hi, this is Pastor Kong. I want to invite you to sit back, relax, and have a cup of coffee with me. Join us for Coffee with Kong. Hello and welcome to the show known as Coffee with Kong and I'm your host, Bernard. I'm so glad you can join me on this radio show where I get to ask my senior pastor some of life's most difficult or burning questions and in the process be well equipped to understand about life, faith and ministry. Well, we believe this show will greatly bless you and hopefully help you walk closer to God and live a purpose-driven, kingdom-driven life. Pastor Kong He is the senior pastor of City Harvest Church in Singapore. And ever since May 2012, he has been on this radio show every week, answering emails that come into us at connect at cityradio.sg. This series of shows will be called 3-in-1 Coffee, where we put together three episodes or emails of the same topic, which have been covered through the years. This episode is going to be a slightly long one and it can be classified under the archives of Christian Hot Buttons. I know I say that a lot because it is true. Just look at the title. It says everything. The first email is talking about Luke 14 verse 26. I shall pause here and see if you can recollect what it is. I won't read the whole thing out, but Jesus does say some serious stuff in there. And depending on which version of the Bible you read, You just go and turn to Luke 14 verse 26 and you will understand exactly what I mean. Sit back, relax, and let's have coffee with my pastor, Pastor Kong Hee. Pastor, today I got an email. Oh, this email wrote to us, connect at cdradio.sg. Do you know what's the title of this week's topic, Pastor? I'll let you know now. It's called Luke 14 26. Luke 14.26 Yes, okay, it's this guy, uh, James uh, Lowe, James Lau, he wrote to us, he said, Hi Bernard, I have a question for Pastor Kong. I'm curious to find out of what Jesus meant in Luke 14 verse 26. Uh, In the New King James Version, it says here, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. He says, hate is a very strong word, isn't it? The Message Bible says it differently. Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self, can't be my disciple. Now, why did Jesus say we need to let go in this instance? In both versions, it still sounds a little bit negative. Can Pastor Kong shed some light on what Jesus meant in this verse? Regards. James Low or James Lau, L-O-W, Lau. Yeah, James uh, is a good question, is a valid concern. But again, whenever you read the scripture, you must read it uh, in this whole um, context. That means mm. Paul says that we got to take the entire counsel of God's word. Is Jesus teaching us to hate our family? Is he teaching us to hate our own lives? Obviously not, because the fifth commandment, and you know, the whole Jewish society, the foundation, the building block of all of God's commandments actually came from the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is, the, in fact, the building block of all the legal system in the entire world. 
And the fifth commandment is you got to honor your father and your mother if you want to live a good life and possess the land. Yes. And God wanted his people to go and possess the land. Mm. So honoring the parents is is very, very important. Mm. You know, in fact, the first four commandments of the Ten Commandments has to do with God. The remaining six has to do with our human relationship. And right at the top of human relationship is to love your parents. Wow. So you got to take everything in its entirety. You got to take everything in its totality. So the totality is God wants us to love our parents. God also wants to love our life. Mm. And that is why suicide, for example, is a sin. In fact, in most penal codes or legal system, uh, suicide is, is a crime. You're not allowed to take your own life. Mm. Because inherent in all legal system is this idea that our life belongs to God. It's not ours. Mm. So obviously God wants us to love life, our life. Mm. And God wants us to take care of our life. God wants to bless our life. And more than just a natural life, wants to have eternal life. Mm. Yeah? Yes. So it doesn't make sense if God wants to hate our own life, then what's the point of living on and on and on forever? Yes. So you got to take the, the, the scripture, a verse, you got to look at it in the totality of the entire scripture. You see, what was the context when Jesus made this statement? The Jewish community, Israel, loving the family is the ultimate truth. That means your family unit, the parents, mm. is the highest. Jesus is trying to tell them this. I am the son of God. You got to love me more. Your love for me must be way superior to any earthly affections that you have. Wow. Even beyond your number one love in, in your culture, which is your family. Mm. And even you got to love me more than you love your own life. Yeah. Wow. So Jesus is making a comparison and he says, if you can't do that, you cannot be my disciple. If you don't love me more, don't love God. Mm. If you don't love the Son of God more than all your earthly affections, then you cannot follow me. Wow. So, of course, mm. if you look narrowly and say, oh, Jesus is trying to teach hatred. No, he's not. Mm. He's trying to, to teach us kingdom priority. He's trying to teach us how much we need to love God. So if ever a choice is being presented between loving your life and loving God, you know how to choose. If there's ever a situation where you got to choose between your earthly affections, be it your family, your parents, and God, you know how to choose. Wow. Okay. I okay. mean, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Pastor, because now that you're saying, not as I'm reading this, it is a little bit extreme, right? When How Jesus would say it. And it's, wow, you know. So Jesus is really making that statement that, you know, where we place God in our life yeah. has to be. Well, let's put it this way. Jesus is very gracious. Grace, mercy, truth, yes. compassion, they all yes. come from Jesus. But yet, Jesus wants to challenge our values as well. Wow. And discipleship is all about challenging our values. You know, how much do we love Him relative mm. to everything else? Yes. Pastor, I'm going to ask this question. Okay. Have people asked you this question before? Yes. What question? <laughs> this one. Luke 14. I mean, this particular let, let me Let me do one step better. Let me give me an anecdote regarding this. Let's hear it, Pastor. Okay. Um, 
when I was starting out in ministry, and I was younger, and then one day I, obviously, you know, I love my wife a lot. You know that I love son a lot. Yes, and I I pray, I say God, help me to love you so much that all my earthly affections, including my love for my dad, my mom, especially my love for son, everything else, even my love for my vision, my future, my church, is pale relative to my love for you. Now, when I made that prayer, I was very sincere, because I didn't feel that my love for God is really a lot more than my love for my wife,、mm. or my love for earthly things, or my vision. So I prayed that prayer. In fact, shortly after I was married in '93, and then over time, God showed me that I do love Him, and He. Gave me grace to love him in a greater way that everything else is pale compared to my love for him. Wow! Yeah, and that gives me the strength to make certain decisions in life because when Jesus calls us and we are His disciples to carry the cross,、mm. there will be、um, decisions that you have to consider. Well,、uh, am I going to f- follow him? Or will I compromise on certain decisions because this may affect my earthly relationships, or this may even affect my own life?、Mm. If I was concerned about my life, then I wouldn't have made a lot of decisions I would have made in the ministry. I would just play everything safe because I love my life.、Mm. I want. I would have played a lot of things very safe. But to be a disciple of Jesus means. I must be willing to lose my life, put it on the altar, and the Bible says Jesus says another very extreme statement: If you lose your life, you will gain. gain、yeah. You will gain it back. Wow! What's the point of gaining the whole world and yet loses your own soul? Wow! Yeah. So, yeah. And to be perfectly honest, this verse affected one of my. Very close friends. When I was in high school, when I was in secondary school,、uh, one of my classmates, whom I was very close to, and I led him to Christ, he couldn't accept this verse. He was stumbled over this verse. But the Bible says that God laid in Zion a stumbling block. Jesus Christ, the the cross is power to some and foolishness to others. He said, "I can't, because I I cannot accept a God who wants me to hate my parents." But God is not saying that. Yeah. I think that was a camouflage, because God was challenging him to make certain decisions and was not willing to make.、It. But this verse gave me the strength. I love my mom and dad with all of my heart. Yes. I will lay down my life for my mom and dad at an instant.、Mm. But, you know, there were occasions when I have to make a decision coming to full time ministry.、Mm. My dad wanted to send me to England to study,、mm. and I know that by saying dad. I want to be here for the revival. I want to be here to serve as a pastor. It, in many ways, it broke his heart. But I'm so glad I did it, and he, I'm sure he's. I know he's very glad I did because he's very proud of the church. He's very proud of me. He prays on me all the time. Yeah. And he's so glad that he always said, "Kong, you're a servant of God." Wow. You know, you're my pastor. You're a servant of God, 
I'm proud of you. If I've gone to England,、mm. you know, today I would speak like Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be a pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So、wow. this verse, for some, is a stumbling block. For me, it gave me the motivation to be a true disciple of Jesus. I want to leave you this scripture from Matthew 16 and verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, "If anyone wishes to come after me," He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. God bless. How was that episode? I hope you learned something that will better equip you and strengthen your walk in God. Now the next email is something that has been talked about and debated for like forever. Okay, I'm not kidding. Okay, once saved. Always saved. Have you heard of that before? Google has tons of stuff on this particular topic. What is your perspective of this? Well, I assure you, you will be thoroughly blessed by this one. Pastor, this topic, this topic today, I stumbled upon. I actually put a title on it because I think this title is、uh, would encompass all the questions I want to ask. I, I, I stumbled upon it on the internet. It says. Once saved, always saved. Oh man, that、yes. is a theological question. Are you sure, Pastor? Is that a theological question? Yes, it's 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 been debated for the longest time for two thousand years of Christianity.、Uh, okay, we can cut all the 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 <laughs> theological stuff. We go coffee talk, Pastor. It's just talk. I I really it has been debated. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Okay. Is is this word because he said is there such a thing as eternal security? I said this is a good question to ask Pastor Kong because I've never I've never been asked this question before. Is there such a thing, Pastor, as eternal security? Eternal, security. eternal security.、Um, I believe in the eternal security of the saints. I do believe in that. But at the same time, I believe that like any relationship, it is dynamic. So God will never let you go. Never. Yeah, never. I know. God will、yes. never let you go, but we have a free choice, and、yes. so we can walk away from God. And、yes. I think you read in the New Testament there are people that walk away from God, and so I think somewhere, you know,、um, in a big theological debate, are you once safe, always safe? I think yes and no. Yes and no. This is a big topic, isn't it? <laughs> It's very big topic. You know, churches <laughs> actually split out of this. I yeah didn't didn't even know it's just a, such a simple question Sa- sounds quite harmless too actually yeah actually it's it's been a fiercely fought debate、uh, for the last four five hundred years no kidding yeah it, ever since the the start of the Reformation yes pastor can we just have a like a, a you know just coffee 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 level okay、yeah. okay let me let me try to to explain why is it very sensitive because it deals with another question. The the natural question out of this one safe always safe. The natural question is what happens when a Christian sins? What、yes. happens when a believer sins against God? So the whole body of Christ is actually divided in two groups. Yeah. On one side you have the Calvinist.、Yes. On the other side you have the Armenians. Okay. Okay. The Calvinists are like the Baptists. They are like、uh, the Presbyterian. The Armenians are like the Methodists. Yeah, the Pentecostals. Yes. Okay, and and let me tell you, they they all love God. Yeah. They all want the best for all their members, 
and they want to serve God and worship God. Now, the danger is always in extremes. Yeah. Yes. So, in hyper Calvinism, the, the extreme version, if you are predestined to be saved, you will be saved. Hmm. And if you are not predestined to be saved, there's nothing you can do about it. So that's it is, the extreme, yeah, extreme. extreme. It's totally up to the will of God. Now, if that is true, then Jesus did not die for everyone. Some are meant to go to heaven. Others are meant to go to hell. But once you're predestined to be saved, you will always, always be, be saved because you're chosen. You're okay. chosen to be saved. Hence, you get the phrase, once saved, always saved. saved. Okay, get it? I get it now. Yeah. But on the other extreme, yes, the extreme extreme, you have ultra Arminianism. That means if you commit the smallest sin, you are lost again. Oh man. So you got to get born again, again, and again. Every week you're born you're getting born again. again get again, born again. again, born again, born again. And then and then the idea is that if you if you propagate that kind of thinking, then then the the thinking in your mind is that God is waiting for his children to make mistakes and when they do kick them out of the kingdom. Wow. So you you have Christians who are always very fearful of losing their salvation. Yeah. And you gotta get saved again and again and again and again. And to stay qualified for the kingdom of God, they will serve God very hard. Yeah. Because they're so afraid. Yes. If I make a slightest mistake, you know, God has such a high standard. And and they will not have grace in their thought. Yeah. They don't Yeah, this is what there's yeah, no grace. There's no grace. Yeah. So on one side there's zero grace. On the other extreme, hyper grace. Oh, you, you understand what I'm saying? I get it. So in hyper Calvinism, it's all up to God. You can't do anything about it. So no point doing evangelism. You know, no point uh, being a soul winner. It's all up to God. God has to choose you to get saved. Okay. On the other side, it's all up to us. If you don't work hard enough, you're not holy enough, you're not good enough for God. Wow. So, to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's come down. Coffee level. Pastor. Coffee level. Coffee level. City harvest level. City harvest level. The yes. truth is somewhere in between. Balance the key of life. Yeah. So the question you ask me, do I believe in the eternal security of the believer? Yes, 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 a hundred times yes. Yes. You know, we won't lose our salvation like the way we lose our car keys. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> but <laughs> oh there's a but. Yeah. <laughs> we have eternal security yeah. as long as we stay in Christ. Because yes. it's Jesus that will keep us secure. But we have a free will, you see. Yes. We can have free choice, we're not robots. We can choose to stay in Christ or we can forsake Christ. God can't force us or make us love Him. Wow. Yeah. So Pastor, I think out of this entire conversation, I think the most important thing is to always choose Christ. Always. Always choose to look at the cross no matter what happens. Yeah. We look at Jesus Christ. And even if we make mistakes, let's confess our sins and let's just go on and forget about our sins and don't be sin conscious but yes. yet at the same time let's not have a cavalier attitude towards um, sin and unrighteousness because the truth is it costs God too much to save us Jesus went to the cross for us wow <laughs> thank you so much pastor for answering this extremely big question I mean today I think I put you on a really hot seat. so just to sum summarize okay <laughs> do I believe eternal security yes yes Okay, I yes. do. But we are secure only as long as we stay in Christ. We can choose to forsake Him. Yes. Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. I want to encourage you out of Philippians 1 verse 6 to just assure you that 
we do have eternal security as believers. Philippians 1 verse 6, Being confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God bless. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. And if you have a burning question or a topic to suggest on the show, please feel free to write to me, connect at cityradio.sg. And now the last and final email is the topic on predestination. Yes, an email came in asking that since God already knew everything, since everything was predetermined, Thus, the word predestination, right? What is the point of doing this or that? And why would there even be like, you know, punishment or reward since it's already predestined? You know the answer? Enjoy this one. We have a massive email that just came in to us. Massive email? Yes. Uh, Pastor, I tell you, I'm willing to go like half an hour for today's program because I've been waiting very, very long to ask you this uh, question. Somebody wrote to us, connect at cdradio.sg. I'll just go straight ahead to read the email. It says here, Dear Bernard, thank you for being such a good host on Coffee with Kong program. Thank you so much. I listen to the broadcast every week while driving on my way to church at JPCC at Indonesia. Wow. Anyway, I have a topic. I, I love to... JPCC. Yeah, I love it too, Pastor. Yeah, anyway, Sam, I love to Pastor Jeffrey and Pastor Jose and yeah. all the song leaders there. Yes. Anyway, I have a topic I want to ask Pastor Kong's opinion about and that is predestination. Oh, massive. Oh, Pastor, he's got so many questions. Number one, what's Pastor Kong's view on predestination and what does the Bible say about it? Is everything in life predestined? Number two, since God knows everything and everything is already fashioned and planned at the beginning of the world. He gave a few verses. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, Romans 8 verse 29 to 30 and Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 5. What's even the point of us doing this and that? <laughs> What's the point for God to set rules, reward and punishment? Wouldn't He already know what we will do? Whether we fail or succeed in doing His will at any particular instances. Number three, what's the point of soul winning efforts? Doesn't, isn't everything already predetermined? Doesn't God already know who will obey to the end and who won't? Who will be saved and who won't? Like in the case of Judas Iscariot, was he just a creation that was created for a purpose of being doomed to fail? Uh, Matthew 26 verse 20 25 Pastor, I can honestly tell you I'll stop here with this halfway point I haven't thought about it this much Until this email came in That's why I was like You know what? I must hear what my pastor says about this Number four Is life like a book And everything in every history Is already written and predetermined And that we are just currently living out Say page 26 out of page 52 Of the book And just going toward the last page Before eternity Is free will Really free will? In a sense, are we like just the actor playing along and act in the book that have an illusion of free will? Or do we even have a choice? And number six, can God's predestined things for us be thwarted because of our actions, disobedience, or other external factors? For example, the devil or other actions. But then again, God already knows if we are going to fail or succeed in doing His will. I'm confused! You know, at this point in time, I'm sorry, my <laughs> and can't seem to wrap my head around this topic. Sorry for the lengthy email. Feel free to concise, split it for the purpose of the radio program. I hope this question will put Pastor Kong on the hot seat. Cheers, Hendra Christian. Oh, Hendra, hot seat, ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor 
Kendra, you asked a very difficult question. It has been a theological question that's been debated for the last 2,000 years of church history, especially since the Reformation in the last 500 years. Now, during the Reformation, uh, one of the three most famous men was John Calvin. Mm. And you know what? I I personally admire him a lot. He was a brilliant uh, Bible scholar. Uh, in, in his 20s already, he wrote the groundbreaking book called The Institute. Mm. And you know, The Institute of Christian Faith. He, he basically started systematic theology. Mm. He, he makes theology easy to understand logical and rational Mm. for the common people. Mm. In fact, uh, I believe in engaging culture. I believe in the cultural mandate. Uh, John Calvin was one of the earliest proponents uh, that used the word cultural mandate. For all you know, that word may have originated from him. Wow. Yeah. So he totally believed in engaging the marketplace. Mm. Now, Calvin's has a tremendous, a lot of teachings, Holy Spirit, the importance of the word, but one of his most controversial teaching, Mm. whether fortunately or unfortunately, uh, was predestination. Mm. And basically, he he believed in the total sovereignty of God. Okay. Yeah. And God is sovereign. God is all-knowing, all-powerful. He makes all decisions that no one can overturn. Yes. So... He believes in the total sovereignty of God, and that is also known as the Reformed theology. Now, if you take John Calvin's teaching to the utter extreme, hmm. that means God controls everything, and basically we have no free choice. Hmm. So during that time when John Calvin was uh, pushing his teaching, mm-hmm. uh, there was another man called Jacob Aminas. Jacob Aminas at that point in time, felt that Calvin uh, was wrong. Because if if you take Calvin's teaching to an extreme, then logically, that would have made God the author of sin. God decided who to sin and who not to sin. Okay. That means, in other words, God has already predestined Satan with sin. God has put Adam and Eve in the garden so that they would sin. God have already predestined that Judas would sin. So Judas was born to sin and to go to hell. Mm. <laughs> and he said that if you take the extreme form of Calvinism, Amina said it really would do away with genuine human freedom. That means we don't have a choice. Mm. So, but if you take Jacob Amina's teaching to the other extreme, to his extreme, mm. then everything that is in our future, in our destiny, is based on our own choice. Then God is not so sovereign. Then, if you take it to extreme, you become very man-centered. So, and that could also lead to us working for our salvation. That could also lead to us saying that, well, everything is our choice. If we cannot overcome, too bad. We make the decision. Wow. So, the extreme form of Calvinism Mm-hmm. is so God-centered, there's no genuine freedom. The extreme form of Arminianism is so man-centered, God is not in the equation of life. Mm. So obviously, within those two extremes, as in everything, balance is the key of life. Amen. It's somewhere in the middle. But just to answer you, Hendra, because it's a big question, 
many of the Reformed churches, the Baptist, the Presbyterian, mm. the mainline historical churches, they do embrace Calvinism. Whereas many of the uh, Methodist churches, mm. like the Methodist, the Assemblies of God, mm. Church of God, like in Indonesia, GBI mm. churches, you know, the, the most charismatic churches, they, they would not embrace Calvinism, they embrace Arminianism. So, between those two extremes, somewhere is the answer. God is sovereign, obviously. God is all-powerful. God knows everything. God is everywhere. But the Bible does say God has given us the free choice. Yes. If you take away the sense of the free choice, mm. it makes receiving Jesus Christ uh, really a mockery because then... God decides who will be saved and who goes to hell. Mm. So this is a big theological debate that is hard to answer. At the end of the day, you got to understand it is us human, mm -hmm. limited and finite, trying to understand a God who is unlimited and infinite. Finite, yes. It is like somebody living 500 years ago, trying to imagine how space travel will be like today. Mm. <laughs> you know. It's, it's hard, it's hard. It, 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 we are not there to understand how God sees everything and understand everything so whatever explanation we can give or even me trying to give mm. is based on our human reasoning mm. of a universe we have not seen of a heaven we have not visited mm -hmm. of a God we only know in part mm. based on what he has chosen to reveal to us yes so this is my take on this. Okay, let's this see your take. This is my take on this. There's a, there's a good verse in the Bible. It's from Romans chapter 8, verse 29. It says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Hmm. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Romans 8, 28. And then 1 Peter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, We are elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. I mean, when we talk about predestination, mm. you got to know that it's not the same as predetermination. Mm. You know, God doesn't predetermine. If you accept that, then really we have no human choice, like you have eloquently said in your email. Mm -hmm. But the Bible say, God foreknew. So God foreknew, therefore He predestined. We are elected, we are saved according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So in other words, it, it's, it doesn't talk about the predetermination of God. It talks about the pre-knowledge of God. Mm. So foreknowledge is synonymous. It's the same as foreseeing our faith. So God's choice God's predestination is according to how he saw the decisions we will make. How he saw the, the decisions, decisions we will make. So God foreknew who would decide to believe in him, who would decide to choose him. God foreknew that, but God did not force our decision, but he knew. He knew that Bernard would be safe. He knew that Kong would be safe. He knew that Judas will become the son of perdition and betray Jesus Christ. He knew. 
but he did not make that decision for him. He just, in his infinite wisdom, saw that. Wow. So he foreknew, so he predestined. He foreknew, and he saved them. Mm. But he also foreknew who would reject him. He foreknew who would not accept Jesus Christ to be the Savior. He foreknew that. Did it pain him? Of course it did. Mm. But he knew the end from the beginning. He knew. And in spite of that, the Bible still says, for example, in the book of Job, he gives every person alive two to three chances at the least to turn their hearts to him. So God gave us choices. Mm. And he genuinely wants us to respond to him. But his heart is also broken because he also knew at the end of the day who will accept him and who will reject him. But in that whole mix, God doesn't force any decision on anyone. So in that whole mix, he still gave choice. Yeah. Gave you the choice. Yeah. Even though he foreknew already. Yes. This is the best we can answer with our limited vocabulary and our finite finite thinking. Okay. For example, you know, all throughout history, we think in straight line. Mm. You know, we think in one dimension. Yes. And then Albert Einstein came, came along and said time can be bent. Mm. And all of a sudden, there's all kinds of possibilities. Space-time continuum. Yeah, yeah, all kinds, you know. Quantum physics. <laughs> and time travel and all yes. that. And if you, if you have watched any movie on time travel, wow. it's very difficult for you to grasp. Yes. So again, it is all of us humans trying to understand an infinite God. So Pastor, let's take this further because since his email is uh, on... Okay, let me explain. It's like a blind person trying to describe what color looks like. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's tough. So Pastor, I mean, you, you said very clearly predetermination and predestination is different. So what's the difference, Pastor, with predetermination? Predetermination means that a choice is being made. Oh, right. Predestination means that this will be your ultimate destiny. So, so Pastor. So, God knows the choices you make. He knows your destiny will be heaven or hell. But He didn't predetermine for you. Right. So, but, Pastor, the reason for no predetermination is also because, because He's God a, is love. God is love. Yeah. If once there's a component of love, there must be the component of free choice. Once there's a component of love, there's always a sense of uncertainty and risk. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. So, Pastor, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, I am the blind man trying to put color. To we are all blind men trying to put color as far as, as, as predest- predestination is concerned. Yeah. But is it something like, just an example of ice cream. Just an example of ice cream. I know that, let's say for example, I know that my son loves vanilla ice cream. Mm. And, uh, but no, knowing that he loves vanilla ice cream, I know that he will choose vanilla ice cream. Right. I bought a vanilla ice cream and a chocolate ice cream. And I gave him the chance to choose. Right. So, but I already know that he was going to choose, his favorite is vanilla. Mm. Is that how it is? Is it something like that? Yes, and but you know what? Because you know your son and you know that he loves vanilla mm. and because you love him, mm. you 
sometimes you won't even buy two ice creams. You just buy vanilla for him because you know he will choose vanilla. Wow, <laughs> that's that's even better. <laughs> so of course, if you are extreme, whatever. Yes. You will say, hey, he's no choice. Oh. You only bought vanilla ice cream. That's true. So what's the point? What's the point of of eating ice cream? Because. You already you have no choice, what? But nobody sees the love behind it. But nobody sees that actually the father already knew Ew. he will choose vanilla. Now, Pastor, I'm seeing some color already. I <laughs> <laughs> taste some ice cream. That's right. Thank you so much, Pastor, for answering this email. Is it a hot topic? It is slightly hot, isn't it? It's a little hot because it's mental gymnastics. It is, right, Pastor? At the end of the day, a lot of theological questions that here we are, <laughs> quote, quote, blind people trying to make sense of things that we have never seen or never understood you know and we are just in a sense at the end of the day a little bit of mental gymnastics semantic gymnastics Mm -hmm. but yet i don't make light of this because if you take predestination to a extreme yes then what's the point of walking in righteousness and holiness you can sin all you want wow god's grace is there to forgive God has to forgive us because wow. He's chosen us for heaven. Wow! So you will live life with no restraint, mm. with no boundaries. But yet, on the other hand, if you go to the other extreme, mm. and then it's all my choice, my hard work. You know, if I don't, if I don't make certain decision, then even God's grace for me will not get me to heaven. Then you become like many of those that work, 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 work always guilt-ridden, I, I never serve enough, I never mm. work enough. Mm. So, balance the key to life. I want to leave you with a scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. And here is God speaking to His people. God says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose life so that you and your children may live. So God gives us a choice to choose whether we're going to live a life of blessing or we're going to live a life of constant frustration. And if we are wise, we will always choose the life of God and the ways of God. God bless. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a burning question or a topic to suggest, write to us. Connect at cdradio.sg Connect at cdradio.sg To find out more about City Harvest Church, visit our website at www.chc.org.sg www.chc.org.sg Don't forget to follow Pastor Kong Hee on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at P.S. Kong Hee at P.S. Kong Hee God bless you and stay safe